Welcome to the Human Being Unleashed podcast, where we redefine, realign, and reimagine what it means to be human so that you can live a life with the health, wealth, and relationships that are inherently yours. Oh, are you in for a treat today? I know I said that before, and I'm going to say it again because I have an absolutely magnificent guest. Honestly, every single guest is magnificent. And this one is just next level magnificent. Just the things that I've learned from her, the experiences I have been able to open up for myself, which I'm going to share as well inside of this episode. So I get a bit vulnerable inside of this episode. But now today we're going to show you how to turn your pain into profit. For the last 17 years, Jenny Kakazaki has been helping individuals experience more of themselves, create a life of fulfillment. She has worked for some very big names that we cannot name, but let me just say very big people. And she is she is awesome because she has her practice here in Austin, Texas, which is wonderful because that means I can go get her, I can go get help directly from her. Um, but it's kind of hard to put into words exactly what this woman does other than show you what she does. But when I say she helps you experience more of yourself, just know that there is a life of congruency out there. There is a life that contains every bit of what it means to be human. And this woman here can open that up for you. If you want to make more money, if you wanna have better sex, if you wanna look better, you wanna be healthier, you want life just to be, you want it to feel like life, please listen and feel this episode. There we go, we're live, the entire universe is watching us right now, Jeannie, so I hope you are ready. It's Jeannie, right? It is Jeannie. Okay, I just want to make sure because I had like there was a couple of people calling you Jenny, and I was calling you Jenny over and over again. I'm like, I could have sworn <laughs> I heard somebody say Jeannie though. So Jeannie, like the Jeannie in a bottle, and very, I mean, you do very similar work to a Jeannie, it sounds like. <laughs> so so I I just want to say I am me and Nikki. I speak for both of us when I say we are like giddy for this conversation because of well, number one, just your personality and like who you are, the way you carry yourself, but most importantly, what you did personally for me and for her and for everybody in our community. So a little backstory, um, meeting Jeannie was we were at a event not too long ago and a couple of weeks ago, actually. And I remember seeing you sitting in the back uh, whenever we walked in. I remember seeing you sitting in the back and I was thinking, I was like, oh, is that another student? I was like, I don't think I've seen her. I was like, I don't think I've seen her in the program before. <laughs> and then I saw one of your, I saw your picture come up and I was like, oh, I think that's one of the speakers. And um, I had no idea what to expect, but, you know, long story short, it was the most life-changing section session during that entire um, thing. So I just want to say thank you for showing up the way you did at that event for us. And um, thank you for taking the time out of your day to be here. Absolutely. And what an honor. I'm super excited. 
Beautiful, beautiful. So my first question that I want to ask you is I was doing a little bit of reading on um, a little bit of research on you. And I saw that you have been yes, I saw that you've been doing good. And, and also, pretty fair to mention, you um, mentioned this as you spoke as well. You've been doing this for over 17 years, the kind of work you've been doing. So let's actually start there. Because the audience doesn't know, and I don't know at the same time, I'd love to, like, genuinely would like to know the story behind what got you into the chiropractic space. But I know it goes further than that as well. So what just got you into this entire world? Uh, well, great question. I get this one a lot. Mm-hmm. Wherever you um, want to start it. It's all good. It's so, you know, I received traditional chiropractic care from the time that I was five, probably about until the age of 17. Um and that was just a part of my life. I was a dancer. I'll be real. I was clumsy. So, <laughs> so, you know, I had to go, go get things realigned quite often, but even during that course of those 13 years, I it was never really communicated to me in terms of really like what I was doing there, mm-hmm. truly communicating like the power of the body, right? There's a saying in chiropractic, the power that makes the body heals the body. So it's this that was never really like discussed. It was like, oh, something went wrong. Cool. We'll fix you. That was the extent of it. All right. So now fast forward to my senior year in high school, 4.0 student. I had a fantastic photographic memory, hence the 4.0. I was student body president. Uh, I was also my local junior miss and I was on my way to state. During this time, I experienced a head injury which wasn't, didn't seem so serious at the time. Uh, but I got underswept playing indoor soccer during PE physical education. Oh, so you were indoors. So, okay. So you hit that, you hit that ground. Yes. Mm -hmm. That ground where there wasn't a lot of give on that ground. Um, but I didn't think much of it. You know, I blacked out for maybe a couple seconds and then, you know, right. Clumps a little dreaming. (laughs) So, uh, it was just like a normal day. However, two weeks later, I was sitting there in physics class and I was looking up at the board. I literally could not read it. Yeah. Everything was backwards. I had no access to my photographic memory, which for my world geography test coming up like two periods later was not a good thing. (laughs) Right. But I was like, what is happening? And, you know, at my core, in terms of my nature, I have a pretty cheery disposition. And all of a sudden I went from 180, like, Hey, everything's great. I freaking love the world and life is awesome too. Like, what the am I doing here? I'm so fucking pissed. Like I'm done. Like I I had no idea. It was like, I landed on a different planet. So I went to my chiropractor, we got my pelvis all realigned and all that jazz. It was so bad that I ended up having to go to my GP and just ask the question, like, what's wrong with me? Like what's happening? The conclusion was, okay. I'm just Let y'all up for this. The conclusion was essentially was that for the typical type A personality, such as myself, that they would have expected this quote unquote nervous breakdown to happen in my 30s. It just happened to happen when I was 17. Wow. So here we go. So I was like, I don't, first of all, I was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Second of all, what can you do to help me? And so that's when they handed me my first bottle of antidepressants. Mm. Okay. Oh my gosh. You were 17. I was 17. The first one they put me on did was not just did not fly. The second one, which was a newer medication, started me out at 10 milligrams a day. Okay. Within six months, I was up to 500 milligrams a day. 
three years wow. later. Wow. That's a lot. Three years later, I re- we, I discovered because now they, you know, it's like they put out a new medication. It's like they're doing their research simultaneously. Yeah, you're their guinea pigs for sure. Exactly. No. Turns out that this particular medication can make your condition worse if prescribed to children under the age of 18. Oh my Hence God. the 500 milligrams a day. And now I was hooked on this thing that I didn't want to be hooked on anymore. So now we fast forward again, just a little bit. It took a boy. Okay. I say boy, he wasn't a man yet. He took a boy (laughs) to take me from where I grew up, Idaho. Okay. And move me to Santa Fe, New Mexico. And it was during this time that I discovered this particular type of network care. So, or chiropractic care, which is called network spinal. That's the latest version of it. And it started out as a job. I was like, I will do anything right now. Like I will, you know, I'll scrub your floors. I'll do whatever it is that I need to do. Life just happened to lead me to the point where I was really pretty much willing to do whatever it took. Mm-hmm. That was, that was where I was at. So here I am in this office, right? And here I'm in this office and I'm thinking, you know, wellness center, like they do yoga or whatever. And then I find out she's a chiropractor. I'm like, cool. I know chiropractic, like I've had chiropractic my entire life. My first day, I was like, what is going on here? (laughs) What is happening? People were coming in one way. You would hear sounds of crying. You'd hear sounds of laughter. Things were happening in that back room. And then people would come out like a totally different version. I'm like, okay, like what, what's really going on here? Mm -hmm. So after a week of working there, I started care and then I was like, you know what? I don't know if I need to be on this medication anymore. And I had tried multiple times to get off of the meds by myself, but the withdrawal effects were so horrible, so horrible to where I'd either be vomiting in bed. I would be laying in my own mess because I literally could not get myself out of bed to just get to the bathroom. And so then I'd have to succumb to just taking the medication. So I was like, all right, you know, let's just see. Power that made the body heals the body. So let's just see what happens, right? And, uh, after let's say I would expect everything to kind of come on, like those symptoms come on after 72 hours, nothing came one week, nothing came two weeks, nothing, three months, six months. And I was like, Oh my God, like, I don't, I have, I like, I didn't have any side effects, no withdrawal effects at all. Like zero, nada. Mm. And still the part of my logical brain, my part of my logical brain said, wow what an incredible placebo effect. (laughs) I thought myself off of that medication. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? And, and then it wasn't until I was somewhere where I had access to my photographic memory for the first time in five years to where I could literally recite where this man, this man's full address was where he lived zip code, everything. The fact that he crossed both of his T's at the same time in his name. And it was six months to the time that I started care. I started care in April. I saw this man's form that he filled out in May. And when this happened was September and I was able to recall it from that time. So when we're talking about full on reorganization of your nervous system, when we're talking about reorganization of your brain and how it functions, it's not just something that you can think. It's not just something you can tell yourself. It really is developing new neurological pathways within your entire system, which then, of course, is going to reflect into those brilliant changes in your life. So there you go. That's mm. amazing. I never would have guessed that story. 
like totally. <laughs> at all. And, oh. you know, the full range of people that come into my office, you know, and I'm like, again, given like I grew up in Idaho. So for this seems woo woo to you, like I get it. <laughs> you know, I totally get it because that was a part of my, my, my reference point. And yet the amount of change and shift that I experienced in my life at that time and still continually today, like it speaks volumes. And so when you someone my- comes in, they're like, I'm a helpless case. Nobody can help me. I'm like, talk to me. Hmm. If you don't mind me asking, I kind of want to, I want to, I want to go on the back of that. And this was uh, something me and Nikki were talking about was we're curious, like you said, the things it's done for your life. What, what are some of those like results or night and day things you've seen from what things used to be like and what you're experiencing like now, if you don't mind me asking. Totally. So, I mean, just that one part and piece alone that I shared with you, right. And then this is the other thing. This is the other reason why I tell people when they start working with me, you have to be prepared for your life to change. So the reason for that is, is because within that first three months of care, like my life flipped 180, like 180 degrees. The guy that I had moved down to New Mexico with was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm moving back. Like, I just can't. And I'm like, are you serious? Like you brought me home. Oh, oh he said ago. that. Oh, yeah, oh, he said that. I was like, you brought me all the way here and now you're going to like peace out. I was like, wow. Okay. But for the first time I was like, wait, I have resourcefulness. I actually experienced a sense of like, guess what? You know what? Again, whatever it takes. And if there's a, there's a certain rhythm for that, you know, when life is just like, okay, if this is what you want, here we go. Let's like, let's make a way. I had no car. We shared an apartment, which therefore I would have to move out of. So I didn't have a home. And before he left, I managed to find a ride to work every single day, in addition to finding a place to stay that covered room and board. And then that was the catalyst for me sticking around. So that's number one. I started to really and truly learn to trust that that system of which I am made of is so much bigger than what I've been conditioned to believe. That right there, if you don't mind, I'm going to pause you because that's something yeah. I've experienced since work with you at the conference. And it's like, I've always had this eternal peace. Um, Adrian calls it unwavering, like sense of peace and like knowing that everything's always going to be okay. But like this trust, like you said, that this system, when everything's on and you're just, you're flowing, you know, and you know that no matter what, what's for you is happening for you right now. Totally. I love that you experienced that early on. Totally. And it's not to say that, you know, life isn't going to happen because let's be real, right? Like, you know, we're human, but it's how we navigate it. So that, I think that would be the number one thing. After that, I would say some of the most serendipitous and quote unquote magical moments started to just continue to unfold. And still, even to this day, you know what I mean? Like I, and I'm going to, and I'm not just throwing air. I'm not like, there's no limits. Like seriously, like I truly have not experienced yet a limit to what's possible with this work. Like I, Mm. I have not, you know, getting me through, you know, a brilliant birth with pregnancy and birth with my first son, even through our, you know, two subsequent losses after that. And even currently right now, like the magic is freaking unreal. And it requires, and like, I know this with like every cell of my being, it just requires a system that is congruent enough to be able to be so present and so real that you can recognize that and see that in everything. 
Like yeah. we're wired for that. You'll hear me say that all the time, but we're freaking wired for that. And it's not just something you wake up and tell yourself every single day, like, oh, I'm so connected to the world, everything's so beautiful. And like, you know, but to actually truly experience it. So that's the biggest thing. When you say experience it, yeah. are you talking about experiencing that congruency? Is that what you're talking about? I'm talking about all of it, like the full range. You know what I mean? Like, yes, the congruency, experiencing the sense of congruency, but what you're experiencing is really the result of that. Like, what is it like to not just experience, feel congruent, but then are you experiencing and seeing that, that, that level of congruence in every single area of your life? Mm-hmm. And when things are uh. off kilter, right? When things are like, we've kind of shifted the sail a little bit. Like, are you able to be present enough to say, oh, wow. Like I can pay attention to the subtlety of that and say, oh, this is how I need to shift the sail. Mm. Right? So, because- okay. So- so, yeah, so, go ahead. so you said we're wired for this, right? Yes, so if we're wired for this. Why the hell does it seem like it's so difficult for so many people to be able to experience what you're talking about? So in other words, I guess what I'm asking is, what is it that takes us out of this if it's something that we're wired for? Okay, brilliant question. Watch children. Watch children before they get to that age where, you know, it's everybody's like, oh my God, you're so adorable. You're so cute. I love you. Do all the things. Right. And watch them, watch them because they experience emotions. They can outwardly say, if they can talk or speak, they will say what it is that they want, what it is that they need. If things are off or say things are just not quite right, they won't hold it back. But until a certain age when they're expected to participate in life or in society in a, in a, in a way that allows them to quote unquote fit in at that point. Now we are, we are now conditioning ourselves because now it's starting to program us a a little script in us. It's like, Ooh, okay. Like in order for nobody to get agitated or irritated at me, Ah. I gotta, I gotta kind of, maybe I gotta hold it in or I gotta, I can't speak up if I gotta say, I gotta go to the bathroom in the middle of a car ride. Like I gotta learn how to like hold it all together. Right. And that's Ah. something small. Hold it all together. You know, that's something really small. That suppression of expression, like those two words or three words just came to me and I understand it fully. I did a video earlier this week and it was understanding that all of whatever prevents it from happening is trying to keep the peace. Like you just said, like not speaking up when you need something and that's out of alignment with yourself. And when you do the work to have everything in in alignment, like you no longer do that. You just express, which brings me to the question of actually like sighing, making the noises of the feelings that you have. Can yes. You oh, I've been doing bit? that so much. Yeah. yeah. So good. So, you know, one of the things about the power of sound and now, you know, like now, like that's starting to come really more into like what I'll call the quote unquote mainstream, right? Sound healing is brilliant. Chanting mm-hmm. has always been an ancient art. And yet, you know, when you're on the subway or, you know, if you live in the Bay Area and you're on BART or whatever, whatever that is for you, you know, it's like everybody just is like, you know, they're like, <laughs> they're in their, they're in their thing. They're in their mode. Right. And I'm, you know, for me, like, again, so you want to talk about other things that have really changed. Like, I'm just like, Oh, you know, like, oh my God. Like I, you know, I will be, and I share this with you all at that, at the, at the event, like I'll be in a restaurant. If I'm enjoying my food, I will let people know I'm enjoying my food. Like, 
oh my god so good like oh you know like totally if i've been having to hold my pee for the last 10 minutes and i make it to the bathroom hell yeah i'm like (laughs) why is it important that we make those noises because you said something there why is because what happens is is that when you allow yourself to make that sound it allows the emotional portion of the brain It allows emotional portion of the brain to quote unquote, release that tension without having to go through the post-cognitive part of your brain to go, Oh, why, why did you feel that way? What was, what was the cause of that? How do we, how do we solve this problem? It's just, looks like you feel it, you experience it and you move on. Emotions are truly only meant to be experienced for seconds at most minutes. If it goes longer than that, you are now in the story. Yes. Oh, that part. Oh, you, that you said story. if it goes longer than that, you're now in the story. You're now in the story. Yeah. What do you mean by that? Can you expand? So it means that, okay, you have somebody comes in like, oh, I've just been feeling like crap for the last like five days. Like I just, I'm so angry and I'm so frustrated. And then they list off all the things that they're angry or frustrated. Right. I'm like, you've been feeling that for the last five days, five days. All day, every day. Really? That's fascinating. Tell me more. They'll keep going. They'll keep going. And then I'll ask, have you actually allowed yourself to feel the anger or the frustration? What do you mean, Dr. J? I just told you, these are all the things why I'm so angry and so frustrated. I'm like, but again, I'll ask you one more time. (laughs) Have you actually allowed yourself to feel the anger or the frustration? Not be the why but the actual emotion. And then they'll sit there and they'll go, uh, what do you mean? What do you mean by that? I mean, have you actually gotten frustrated? Well, I just told you I'm feeling frustrated. And, and, and it just goes on because we, we, again, going back to what I had said before about how we're conditioned out of feeling and expressing our emotions, we then learn to intellectualize it. We then learn to give it a reason, you know? shut your, you know, shut your mouth or stop your crying or I'll give you a real reason to cry. Right. How many times have you heard other people say that? Yep. Yep. Right. So it's like, you almost, it's like, then it's like, oh, so in order for me to have the ability or the permission to feel X, Y, Z, I must have a reason to do so. Yep. It's giving yourself that permission at all times. Like you said, totally to just be able to feel the range. Like if you could just give yourself the opportunity to just feel the range, you know, I mean, I think one of the most biggest blessings of being pregnant is that there's no filter. Like you will just feel all the things, <laughs> like all the things, 100%. I laugh so much harder. Well, I laugh a lot anyway, but like <laughs> when I'm pregnant, I am just, I am like, everything is like freaking funny. And then there are also the moments where I'm like, wow, like I, I just got to move this. Mm-hmm. you know there's no reason like in that moment like i'll be standing in in the middle of like the grocery aisle and i'm like oh my god oh my god oh that ice cream i just i don't know what is it about <laughs> but like just to, you know like to just feel it or if i see like something really incredibly beautiful you know and be so whelmed by it that i can't help but be moved you know that's but again, like that's what we're wired for. We're wired to experience life like that. That entire you know? human aspect. Like, What's I that? Like how you, I like how you kept saying at the event, like this is your, like accepting all of your human. Like this is yes. like, the human part. This is what you are. 
at yes. the end of the day, right? And so, so what I'm hearing you say is we're wired for this, but the reason why some of us are not, you know, in that space is because growing up to, in order to feel safe in some way, connect and fit in with our society, we just make certain things and we just give ourselves certain rules to hold certain things in. And yes. that over time is what's going to knock us out of this state that you would say all of us are already there. So it sounds like it's not something you have to access more of something you just have to kind of get back to. So what's the difference? Is that right? Because totally. to access something means like, hey, you don't have access to it. It's like, well, you do just a matter of realizing it. Right? Yes. Well, and that's the thing, because access is also, it's kind of a cognitive thing. So what if there was somebody who never learned that before, who never knew that before in their mm. frame of reference, they're like, I've, I've never had access to that my entire life. Like, I don't know that I don't even, you know, and yet again, that's, so that's why I always say it's like, you're wired for that, even though you may not know it. And this is where we go between like the knowing in terms of it being a concept to it being an experience. There's also a difference, but you know, that's, that's, that's a bridging part and piece there, you know, for, again, it's your humanity. And the other thing too, is like, it's not just emotional. You know what I mean? Like there are also other ways in which your nervous system has learned to compensate could be physical. You know, there are some children or some people who experience high levels of physical mental trauma. And those are all in which ways where the prefrontal cortex, evolutionary portion of your brain has to essentially check out for a moment so that your survival brain can come more online and just say, okay, what do we need to do in order to be breathing and our heart beating on the other end? What's necessary? In that moment, there's, there's, there isn't going to be any thought about what's connected to what, what is this, what is that? There's none of that. And it's all about being able to survive. And so, you know, you take all of, you take big things like that, right? The emotional, the physical, or even the mental trauma. And then you take the things that we're just inundated with every single freaking day. Like the level and amount of energy and information that we are thrown into every single day, those quote unquote micro stresses over time, all start to build up into really a truly a cataclysmic like big event that our system is continuing to have to adapt and adapt. And if there's no more room, if your CPU is full or your phone is full, you took too many videos, you took too many photos. That's my phone Adrian right knows now. all about that. My phone is shit. It's like literally every time I open it up, oh, no storage. Yeah. yeah. Now you got to buy more storage. Unfortunately, yeah. you can't buy more storage in this system. Mm. However... You can, you can have the ability to quote unquote, extract some files. And then not only that, but then to help reorganize your system and continue to allow it to evolve because life is always going to happen. It will mm -hmm. always happen, but it's the version of you that's seeing and experiences those circumstances or seeing and experience those, um, those events, the version of you that's experiencing that that's, what's going to make the difference in the outcome. It's so beautifully so you, said. You keep so. saying reorganizing yeah. nervous system. What's the difference? Because I also heard you talk about, you know, oh, re I'm regulating my nervous system at the event. So what is the difference between regulating a nerv your nervous system and reorganizing it? Because I hear regu reg like regulating your nervous system 10 times more than I ever hear about reorganizing it. 100%. So when we talk about regulating your nervous system, we're talking about regulating it at a particular baseline. 
Okay. This is what your brain, this is your brain on drugs. No, okay. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm holding up for that campaign. I just dated myself. All right. So um, this is the baseline in which you can quote unquote regulate. Okay. This is it. Meaning, even if the system is in a place of defense physiology, if the upper portion of the brain cannot cannot sense or experience life any other way, this is going to be the baseline. Mm -hmm. Okay. Reorganizing the nervous system requires more prefrontal cortex function. Meaning at that point, that baseline has the opportunity to actually shift and change to where the variability of what affects that baseline is different. Does that make sense? Uh, 1000%. So you could be regulating, like, let's say for instance, all right, how, how do we say this? It's like, you know, um, you've got like a 1989 Volkswagen Golf. Okay. And the amount of the amount you could work on that sucker. You could work on that sucker every single day. You could regulate that golf. golf, Like I'm regulating my car, but it's always going to have a baseline. It will always have a baseline. Now you bring in a completely different model. Let's say it's the same quote unquote model. It's a Volkswagen Golf, but now it's a 2022. What's that baseline for that particular model going to be different from the other one? Mm. Its level of performance is going to be different. It's, you know, I mean, shoot, that one has a GPS. It's got all these different things, right? But just to put it in in a different framework, because again, it's going to depend on what that baseline is. So if you're regulating, you're like, oh, I'm regulating, regulate, regulate us. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking at the event. <laughs> You've been doing that, but the system, again, that is doing all of the things, whether it's regulating your nervous system, whether it's doing all the yoga, it's doing all the meditation, it's doing all of the things. But if the baseline version mm. of that system is... <gasps> still in a place of fight or flight, that baseline isn't truly going to shift one way or another until it can actually reorganize. Yeah. Hmm. So I got to ask this question because a bunch of entrepreneurs listen to this show. We love the the woo-woo stuff, but we also love practicality too. 100%. So what are some of the things I know you work, you know, um, deeper, of course, with your clients, but what are some of the things that we can do every day to start to do this work? If that is a good question to ask you, right? When now. you say do this work specifically, what are you referring to? Reorganizing our nervous systems and getting back to a, this, a better baseline. Okay, great. So we're going to reframe that just slightly. Okay, yeah, when yeah. Say, yeah when ahead. we say getting back to, that means that we're going back to a state before all of the shit happened. Okay? okay. Like if I could all just, right. like, you know how some people are like, oh, if I could just, man, if I could just get back to like 1999, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, fire, you know, like everything was great. Like, it's like, yeah, but then, but now you're good. You're bringing yourself back to a place where, now you don't have the reference point of all this brilliant experience that you've had up until this point, mm. right? And you're bringing yourself back to this moment. Why? Because it felt good? Because it seemed like life was going really brilliantly? Or is that just how your brain tracked it? Where it was like, you know, party like it's 1999. <laughs> it was the magic year, whatever it is. When I work with somebody, say, I just want to get back to that. I have to ask them, what does that mean? What does it actually mean to get back to something? 
because it's not just about getting back to that. It means something different for every single person. For some people, it's liberation. For some people, it's freedom. For some people, it's, um, you know, it's more adventure. It's whatever that particular something represents. So I just wanted to reframe that because when we look beyond that and we start to say, I'm ready to claim more in my life. I'm ready to claim this something else, okay? That's a totally different way of looking and experiencing. So now going back to your question. Well, first of all, I'm not shy. So I'm just going to say, find a network spinal practitioner. All right. Like number one. Um, Judy, can I ask you something really quickly yeah. though? You keep referencing sure. network spinal practitioner. Yep. Are you able to say like somatic therapy within that? Or is that because I know that was no. So, okay. So two things. So let me, I'm going to clarify some jams here. So network yeah. spinal is a chiropractic technique. Okay. It's a te- chiropractic technique that was created by Dr. Donnie Epstein. Brilliant work, super amazing. This is, that's, that's the, that's the jam that's changed my life. Now it is under this umbrella called epienergetics. Hmm. Epienergetics is like the larger umbrella of the technology that we all utilize, which is network spinal. And then what I showed you all at that live event is called somatorespiratory integration. Right. Okay. Okay. Somato respiratory integration, not tomato, somato, (laughs) which is why when people hear that, they're like, oh, she's a somatic coach. I'm like, no, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad I asked. Yeah. Right. It's, it's a, it's a different thing. So now the, the somato respiratory integration, it's based on the 12 stages of healing. Okay. The 12 stages of healing. And there's been a new upgrade of that to where we're really now just focusing on what we call the meme of consciousness of the particular stage. So remember, I took you guys all through stages one, all the way to stage six. Each stage has a particular consciousness attached to that, okay, that it's connected to. So for instance, Hmm. stage one, right? We amplify the place of peace and we go to this place and, oh, my Lanta, this is suffering. It's not just being in pain. It's like, oh, this is suffering, right? Mm-hmm. And discovering how potentially, even through some really painful moments, we recognize the pain, but we've never actually allowed ourselves to feel or experience the suffering. That's stage one. Oh. Okay. Stage two. That's why stage one was hard for me. <laughs> totally, totally. And the, here's the thing. It probably took, it, and, and, and it's not linear right? Like, even though there are 12 stages, we vacillate through these stages in different ways throughout the day. This is just essentially how it's laid out. So, right. And then, so again, and then like, just for instance, stage two, it's all about polarity. I feel good. I feel bad. I'm an angel. I'm a like, you know, all those (laughs) different things. So each one has a particular consciousness that, that goes with it. Okay. So just the difference is, is that we're re- I'm what I'm really quote unquote relying on is your ability. Like what's your, what's your own particular recipe? What's your own particular language with your body? Each person experiences it differently. And what I love about the epienergetic um, just model in itself, it's all about energy efficiency. Where is the energy, right? I don't want to focus on what's wrong with you. Like, let's go where the energy is. Let's go with what's working and then allow that to then remind the parts 
that potentially were, you know, held up or bound to go, wow, is this really necessary anymore? Like tap, tap, tap. Hey, there's something else. that's. Possible. Oh, I love the way you articulated that. Yeah. So, so real quick, just for yeah. my understanding too, because me elaborating is going to help me understand it more. You're finding parts of yourself that you feel like are, are working for you energetically, like it feels good for you. And then there's parts of yourself that feel, like you said, suffering, chaotic. Um, so you're just using, showing that part of yourself that like, hey, we, like you can bring, in other words, not trying to change your chaos into love, but bringing love to like the chaos. Just like, hey, you can, does that make sense? Am I yeah. like, I'm just thinking out loud right now. Totally. But. Yeah, and you're you're definitely on the right track. And I, you want me to get a little sciencey on you in terms yes, of why that please. works? Yes, I would love this, yes. So what happens is, is that, so there's something that's called proprioception. There's some, mm. a certain, there's a certain ability for the nervous system to really get a sense of the body in time and space. Okay. okay. Now, when we get into what we call defense physiology, when the system goes into whoop, freak out mode, right? Its ability to perceive or have a sense of proprioception goes from something that's much wider to something much more narrow. Mm. Therefore, because it just wants to survive. Right. If we start to bring in a wider perspective, that's going to take more what? energy and if the system is still in this little place and it just can't produce all of that energy it's got to downsize it to match it mm. right okay. Okay. okay so number one so in that in that way what ends up happening is that as you start to work with what's already working not only does the breath pattern change the emotions and i don't mean just feeling the emotion emotion is actually a cellular process where the biochemical physiological hormonal changes that happen in your body then match what's actually happening on a cellular level. Like the mm. proteins literally shift and change on the surface of the cell to match what it needs to receive as a receptor. Isn't that crazy? Oh, yes, it is. yes, that makes sense. Okay. Right? Okay. Okay. So oh, what happens so, then- I like I know, this. So crazy. Yeah, I love this. <laughs> So what happens is, is that when the system can find a place where that's quote unquote already working, right? Yeah. Like I said, for some people, they're big feelers. For some, they're not such big feelers. Maybe they just notice that they're able to breathe more in that area. Maybe they're, they notice that hanging out in this particular part or structure of their body, it just is more open. Okay. They may not say, oh, I feel open, but they're like, oh, my chest is just, it's more elevated. It's more open. Yeah. So they're going to focus there. What happens is that the brain now, the prefrontal cortex, because now it's focusing on breath, energy, motion, or whatever it is that works best for you. When you, when you stack more than one or two, more than two perspectives, this part of your brain has to come online. It can't not because it has, it has multiple things that it has to pay attention to. So when this now is available to say, oh, what's really happening here? Oh, shoot, this feels so good. This reminds me of the time when, you know, when I was, I was dancing in this field of flowers or whatever that moment was, or I was, you know, whatever. It can reference, and that could be either in the past or it could be in the future of what that might seem like. Okay. But now the brain can officially find it. When that happens and you just, whoop, you move to that area that wasn't working before. You don't give the brain too much time because then you're okay. going to get locked back into, ah, okay. I can't do it, right? You go right to that area. 
and you bring that same strategy there again, the breath, the energy, the movement, and that focus, now the prefrontal cortex of the brain can find it. Mm-hmm. Now it can actually ask the question, mm-hmm. what's really going on here? Because it's not in a place of defense physiology. When it remind, when it's reminded, oh, here, there's a place that's working. Oh my gosh, this is what that feels like. This is what it's like. And you go right to that area that wasn't before. You don't give it much time. The physiology of the body matches what the brain is trying to do in that moment. Now they're communicating. Mm. And you have, like, like you said, you have that um, wider perspective once you go back to that spot. Even if it's for just a brief moment, exactly. Even if it's just for a brief moment. Even if it's just for a brief moment. And then, like I had mentioned before at that event, these main three positions that you're utilizing are, are the three main branches of the vagus nerve. Now, what's the vagus nerve? It's the main nerve that regulates the parasympathetic state in the nervous system. Ah, okay. Okay. My twin sister is so into this. I'm going to tag her in this interview. She's going to love it. <laughs> right. So that's the one that's going to be able to modulate between, oh, like we're freaking out. So now it's more of the sympathetic. So parasympathetic steps away. When parasympathetic steps in, that's more of the rest and the digest yes. state. And then again, this is when your prefrontal cortex is more available in that moment. You know, what's so fascinating to me, and I love listening to you is how this maps across to our impact in the world. When these things and you're in survival mode, you're focusing only on yourself surviving and just being for you or your family. You know, when you heal these things, that's when you have, when you heal these emotions, not heal these emotions, but you know what I mean? Give access to that prefrontal cortex. (laughs) Yeah. You have that creative, like you're tapping into everything out there so that you can spread more impact throughout the universe too. Totally. And like and I said, I, that's what we're wired for. Right. Yeah. right. You're connected. Yeah. Yeah. I have two clarifying questions for myself on this. Um, so one is for the audience who's not watching this video, by the way, guys, if you're not watching the video, join the Facebook group, but for the audience who's not watching the video, can you tell us where these three centers are at in our, oh, the, yeah. in our body? Sure. So position number one is just beneath the collarbones. If you want to get real technical, it's just beneath the episternal notch. So it's that notch is where the two collarbones meet. Okay. Just beneath that. Okay. Just beneath that. So don't hang down a little bit. Like most people will tend to want to go down toward their heart, bring it up. It almost feels like it's going to be right beneath your neck. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's position one. And then the other important thing to do before I go to position number two is that when you align your hands, they need to be palm over palm. Okay, they need to be palm over palm. So it's oh. not just hand over hand, it's palm over palm. Oh, when you okay. do that, when you do that, it's more of like a laser focus for that spot. Now, now wow. that you have your hands like that, it's different, right? It, it, feels, different. Them out, it feels different. It now, does. Now, now splay them out a little bit. That's a lot of area for your brain to have to track. You feel that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you go like this, and you're wow. like, oh. it's like laser focused. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Yeah. Palm over right. palm. So that's it. position number one. Position number two is over the solar plexus. So for those of you who don't know where your solar plexus is, is if you just run your hands up, up your, up your ribs and then where they meet, there's a little bit of like a little notch there. That's your solar plexus. Okay. So that's number two. Number three is right over your belly button. Okay. All right. right. Okay. So those, those are the three centers. Now, when you say energy movement and breath, Yep. What do you mean by knowing what's working for you? Like, how do you know if the breath is working for you or if the energy is working for you? Great. 
So usually when I first start working with a group or if it's with someone individually, when I'm working with someone utilizing um, Network Spinal, I'll kind of just take them through, like I won't even tell them what I'm doing. I'll just say when I'm making a contact potentially on their spine, I'll say, okay, bring more energy here. I'll just watch what their system does. Mm. Some people move, some people will like access that or move into it. Some pe- and some people will just lay there. Okay. Then I'll say, okay, bring your breath right here. Okay. And then I watch what happens. Again, now move this part. And then I watch what happens. Every person is completely and totally different. So what I mean by that and how I translate that into SRI or somatorespiratory integration is that before we even start, again, I want to focus on where the energy is. I'm not going to have you focusing on breath. If you, you know, if breath is not your jam, but you've been doing breath work for those 25 <laughs> years to master it, but it's yeah. like, you know, and I'm like, well, why are you, why did you choose to master? It? And they're like, because I suck at it. And I'm like, oh, that's fascinating. <laughs> it reminds me of that Einstein quote with like the fish and the tree, you know? Yes. You know, I suck yes. at breath work too. I'm not a fan of breath work. I just, I've, I've always struggled with like getting it and sticking with it, sticking with it and enjoying it. Right. Coming so, from the most consistent man ever. Like he's super consistent. Everything. So then I'm curious when that. we had worked, which, which particular strategy. Movement. Okay. Movement. Well, see, there you go. Movement was very, like, I can, I, I was just like, when you said move it, I can just tell, like, I was more connected with myself moving it. I could catch it more and it just, yes. felt, it felt so much easier, you know? Yes. See, right. Yeah. So if they called it like, you know, movement breath work or like movement energy breath work or something like that, how you, how you experience it. And I'm curious, I would just, I would invite you to like, go back and listen to potentially, you know, one of the old meditations or something like that and just incorporate moving mm-hmm. into it first before into- breathing. Mm-hmm. And I would see what happens, but yeah. so you would just assess, you would just go through each one and then just notice, like I said, some people aren't big feelers, so they might not feel the energy, but then they'll notice that their body moves more Got or they'll it. notice okay. that the structure of their system, just all of a sudden, like, they're like, Whoa, it felt like my ribs just went, whoa, you know? Mm. And then if I ask them following that, I'd be like, oh, how'd you feel? They're like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, Got cool. it. And then, like I said, that's like a whole other, that's a whole other part. But again, what I love about, again, the epi-energetic model is that in, in almost every single aspect, we're bringing what really and truly not only works for you, but again, where is the energy at? I want to focus again on what's already working, what's abundant in energy, what's abundant for you to be able to find. And then all of those other things will just naturally come along. And I love that this is like, not just like a physiological thing, but like a psychological truth is like, if you focus on what's working for you in your life, just psychologically alone, you're going to get more of that. Right. right? And so I, I love that. Now I, w- I want to share my experience with the audience and also with you, because I'd love to ask you a question about it. And um, maybe there's lessons that um, somebody can derive from what I experienced at the event. Sure. So it was your first day that you came in. We, we were doing, I think we did one, two, three, one to three. Uh, the first day we did one, okay, to four. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we were laying on the ground. I remember I had to, the whole time you kept saying, pay attention to like what's coming up. And I was like, I got to freaking pee. I was like, I, I was like, I have to pee. I have to, I could not stop thinking of the fact that I had to pee. 
But then when we went over our the the chest area right underneath our collarbone, oh, I just felt so ugly. Like I was just like, and then all of a sudden I no longer had to pee. I was just, I was just like, why do I feel like I but I wanted to get up because I did not like how I felt. And you were like, just stick with it. I was like, it's not fun. But then you also said something earlier. You said it can feel peaceful and it can remind you of a time, right? Yeah. It felt chaotic and it reminded me of something. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm curious really quickly, is it because I, I'm, I'm a hypnotist, right? And okay. so with the work that I do with my clients, there's, there's times where they're telling me in a session, I don't have a scene coming up, but I feel something. And I'm like, well, what do you feel? They're like, I feel confused because, oh, mom just hit dad. And then they just start kind of coming up with all with what the memory is, what the feeling is kind of saying. But basically what I basically I had a memory come up with the feeling. So what I'm asking, one of the questions is, do feelings like contain memories in them or something? If you is like the memory that created the like the event where you decided to give yourself a story, can that just be sitting in the feeling? So if you just kind of feel it, the memory will come up or so. You know, because that's it's just kind of what it's ahead. multifaceted because there's there's multiple things here. So when people say I have things like let's let's use this as an example, like I have trauma stored in my body. Okay. It's not specifically the trauma itself that's stored in your body. It's the resonance of the energy that you either could not experience at that time. Mm because it was either so overwhelming or whatever, whatever it was, it's the resonance of the energy itself. Now, energy and motion equals emotion. Mm-hmm. So yep. as that energy starts to move, now here comes the emotion. Mm. Now for some people, now here's the thing. Now I'm, I'm bringing it to another part and piece of the nervous system. The nervous system is wired in such a way that it's wired for efficiency and it's wired for, in a lot of ways, survival. So if something traumatic had happened, okay, and the system, you know, experiences it and then it experiences, wow, these were the ways in which we were able to like survive it. Adrian, you're on the other side, you're breathing, your heart's beating, we're good. Yeah. So what we're going to do now is we're going to create a little fun little app here, okay, where whenever you may start to feel this, experience a sense of like the same feeling, mm-hmm. a scent a smell, a sound, a anything that might trigger the nervous system to go, oh, do we have to be on alert for this, right? Mm-hmm. It can already start firing that alarm or that app to just go in order to then conserve energy so that it doesn't have to quote unquote, either re-experience what it experienced based on that past experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. Perfect Okay. Sense. So this is where that part of reorganization comes in because now you're teaching the system. Again, when that prefrontal cortex comes online, it starts to really ask the question, is this alarm still necessary? Is this app still Mm, necessary in its current form or does it need an upgrade? (laughs) Mm, Okay. So does an emotion potentially it may, but the biggest part about that is being able to continually stay with whatever it is you're observing. Just whatever. Ah, just saying whatever whatever it is. I love that. I love that. Because again, it might be a thought for some people. It's a picture for some people. It's, you know, and even just observing the fact that like, wow, I noticed that I had to pee so bad Mm 
And I just kept telling myself, I gotta pee, I gotta pee, I gotta pee. And then finally, when I connected to what was happening here, all of a sudden I didn't have to pee anymore. That's, that's a huge observation, huge observation, because my sense is, is that in other areas, potentially in your life, where is it when you tell yourself, oh, I got to go, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go, it's got to, we got to, it's got to happen, it's got to happen. And where's all of your focus and what are you diverting your attention from? Oh, excellent. That's a good, oh, that's a good thought right there. I'm just a good, like something to reflect on, reflect on right there. Yeah. Because your body truly is a reflection of what's happening in your life. Yeah, no, it's, and, right? and I love how you said, you know, that your business, well, real quick, that is one last question I do want to ask you, but I want to explain this. Let's go back to this. So I just, the memory that came up was uh, me being like, it was like the moment I got broken up with in high school. And um, I just, started, I just started crying. I was just like, Oh my God, like, I feel like so heartbroken right now. And mind you, I've been single for eight years, but the day that she left me, I consciously told myself, I'm just not going to date anymore because fuck this. I'm like, if this can happen, fuck this. And I became very ugly towards women for a long time. But after that day, so once I like realized that, like I started like crying and I started like feeling that feeling, I knew I didn't feel it all, right? But I just knew that there was something there. We go home later that night, me and Nikki are just sitting down having a conversation. She looks at me, she looks at me and she just says, Adrian, you deserve the deepest love. And then the moment she said that, my legs just locked. It's like, they kind of like locked <laughs> up. I started shaking, I started trembling. And I started crying so hard. Like I was kind of like hyperventilating. I was like, why did that just do something to me? And she asked me if she like, do you feel like you deserve it? I was like, my body is screaming. No, I was like, I I was like, I I was like, cause I wanted to tell her yes. But then I was like, but I feel like I actually don't deserve it. So I'm I'm curious if this is even like the right question to ask, but what the heck happened there? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, I'm just, I don't know. It's you just mean with the, with, the con- with the conversation with Nikki in that moment? Yeah, like what happened? The conversation with Nikki and like how to, because I see the connection because like that, the feeling I had when we were laying on the ground was like, I'm so heartbroken. I don't want to be in love again. Like I'm just, I just don't want that. And then when she told me you deserve it, my entire body had a reaction to it, but I'm curious if my body had a reaction to it because I was more open because of what we did earlier, you know, like I was more open to receive all of it and like feel all of what came up. Is that, is that totally. yes? Because remember, like if, if, if potentially the state in which you were in before, which was still in a place of protection was still in a place of defense physiology, where you still had, you felt like, you know, or still functioning in a place where you had to defend yourself against the world or potentially from any other, you know, moment where you might get your heart completely like split in a thousand pieces that's going to give you one particular outcome versus a system that's now actually really more open and available to truly hear and experience what's really happening. Yeah. So just as you said, like, I wanted to say yes, but it was clearly like my system, even if I, even if I, even if the words like, yes, I do like came out, like you, you cannot deny it what it is that so your body off. is sharing with you. Right. <laughs> yeah. You just can't. You know, and the other thing too, you know, Donnie talks about how when you work with the front of your body, you can't hide 
You know, nobody ever says like, everybody says, oh, my back is killing me. Nobody ever says my front is killing me. <laughs> that, that's so true. true. Holy shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And so, you know, the other thing is like what goes in the back of the mind goes to the spine. And so when you are more present mm-hmm. and you go here, you can't hide. You cannot hide. Mm, what goes to the what you say what goes to the back of mind goes to the back of the mind goes to the goes spine, the spine. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> wow yeah, that's oh funny. how i wish i lived in austin <laughs> i would be seeing you i mean just the experience we had virtually or at the event and then virtually post event you're just amazing so if anybody yeah. is in austin like what's your practice genie so they can actually like see you yes. in oh yeah yeah um, so the name of the practice is the Hive, the Hive Chiropractic and Wellness Boutique. Um, we're on North Lamar, not too far from the domain. Um, yeah. I'll put, I, yeah. So if somebody wants to work with you, um, I'll put the link to your website. I have the link Great. to the website. I was on it. I can just put yeah. that in the show notes below. So they can, that'll be the best place they can find you. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Love it. I'm going to be real right now. We've got like a four, we're like, we've got like a four week wait list in this moment, but you know, uh, hey, 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 you, you, I definitely, <laughs> definitely see why. <laughs> but uh, Nikki, I know you're going to ask something. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you typically work? I know you probably have a wide range of clients, but do you yeah. work with entrepreneurs because the shares after the fact, after these people experienced what they did, they were literally telling like what their business could be like their signature talk, what they can help people with because of what they've been through. Um, is that something that you work with as well? Do you have like a specific niche that you prefer? Like what is that? So do you all remember how on that first day, I didn't tell you all what I did. Like, right. I just didn't yeah, say, yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. I remember that. Okay. So the same thing with the practice, I, every person that comes in, I see them and experience them as the human they are and the soul that they are, not the role that they are. Perfect. So how they come in, how I experience them isn't going to be, a, it may potentially the things that they come in with are a result of those particular roles. But the moment that I put them into a, this particular space, or this is how I can help you. And it's limited to just a something. Now I have completely and totally discounted all of these other possibilities. Mm-hmm. Again, it's this system that's going to be in interaction with every single area of your life, not just your business. And there are some there, you know, there's some moments and times where, you know, um, I mean, it's curious. I'm just, I was just reflecting on this the other day. I'm like, wow, you know, um, because even in the Bay area, I had a lot of, I mean, it was different because it was like, you know, big tech, you know, venture capitalists, you know, come through the, you know, come through the door here. It's the, the whole range is so wide and there is a big entrepreneurial, you know, um, community that comes to the office. Um, a lot of, you know, uh, you know, online influencers and people who, you know, it's just, it's so cool. It's just so rad. Cause everybody has, yeah. um, but again, like I said, when they come in, I'm not seeing you as so-and-so the person that, you know, got me to purchase my whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. You as you know the soul that you are, and now we're just going to really get to the meat of what is it that you're really looking to experience more of in your life. Yeah, you know. Mm, yes, yeah. I love that. Now, one of the one of the like nagging questions I also had was, what is one of the because I since we brought up this entrepreneur thing, I know that you work with them, and I can imagine you see commonalities whenever within that group of you know clientele. I'm curious, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see entrepreneurs making with their emotional and mental life that 
you would just kind of shed some light on so we can not fall into that trap. Cause you were um, saying a lot of things that I related to at the, at the event, you know, I was like, yeah. damn, it's calling me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think a lot of the time it's that there is a specific concept of how you think you're supposed to present yourself, mm-hmm. you know, um, where you need to either, for some people it's like, you know, downsize it in a way that, and I think I said this before, where it's more digestible, it's more relatable, like just be freaking you, like be your humanity. That's relatable. That's digestible. You know, doesn't have to be like a quick fix tagline or whatever it is. Like the more genuine you are, the more that you're going to be able to not only get across what it is that you want to get across, but you're going to be able to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And that's the important thing. Like, it doesn't matter what product or what service or whatever it is that you are wanting to share. It's, did you connect with the person? Did you truly connect with them? And so, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is like, you know, recognize, like recognize the bigness of yourself, recognize Ooh. all of those parts, you know, every single part of you, not just the parts that are bright and shiny that are easily sellable, quote unquote, but really like all of who you are, because every single aspect of your being is going to influence what you bring to the table, regardless of whether you're conscious of it or not. So you might as well be as much as as conscious as possible, because when that happens, I guarantee you those that are going to choose to work with you are going to bring that same amount of collaboration and commitment. Yeah. I've seen that so much, especially when I make like, you know, people, I mean, uh, I was doing a session and then I burped and they're like in the middle of the session. I was like, sorry, I forgot to like be professional on these things. And they're like, no, this is why I love coming to these things because you're not professional with it. I'm like, all right, well, great. Um, Yes. Yes. So one uh, other thing I wanted to ask you was you said the state of our business is the state of your state of your ner- yeah, state of your business. This is a reflection of the state it's of a reflection of the state of your nervous system. What do you mean by that? It means that it's all connected. Mm-hmm. So meaning if you are, if you are attempting, let's say to continue to launch either from like a six figure to a seven figure business, And yet the state of your life and the state of your nervous system is in a place of survival and downsizing. Guess what? Mm. Not a chance. It ain't going to happen. Yep. Mm. Because this version of you is going to influence every decision, every emotion, every thought and every outcome connected to that. Then my question is, is like, well, if you were in this system and you're going from, if you're envisioning a hundred, you know, let's say six figures and you're wanting to go to seven figures, imagine if that system was more available and more open, that vision of where you want to go may be actually a lot larger than that. The possibilities may be even more because the system in itself can perceive more than that. When you're like this, remember we talked about proprioception and its ability to perceive when you're in a place of fight or flight or survival, Mm -hmm. you have now narrowed your focus to just getting through the next, whatever it is. No concept potentially of like, okay, yes, here's my goal. Here's my outcome. But everything is probably going to be played on a very conservative basis. Everything's going to be weighed out and calculated in the most meticulous way. And you want to talk about risk? It won't even be a part of the conversation. I truly hope every listener re-listens to that 10 times until it's embodied in like every fiber of their being. Because if you understand that you can have anything you want in life, you can experience anything you want in life, Mm -hmm. but you need, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Mic drop. That was beautiful. How many companies or how much visions, how how many people set their vision and stuff from that state? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like when you were saying that, I was like, I can't even tell you how much goals I've set from the penalty box. (laughs) Like how much goals I've set from a place of that, you know, contraction and that um, downsizing, you know? Oh man, I just, I love all of this. Thank you so much. Well, yes, thank you, Jeannie. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nikki, is there any other thing that you want to ask that I just want to make sure I don't miss anything that I had here? Or if there's, <laughs> no, any, think... question that, if there's any question we should have asked you that we Yeah, didn't. that's what I was going to ask. Is there anything that you would like to say that we haven't asked that you would just like someone to know? Hmm. Or if you had 30 seconds on your deathbed and you had to tell your kids something, what would it be? Yep. <laughs> Sorry for going there, but let's go there. <laughs> so let's go with that last message, Jeannie. If this was, if you had a, a megaphone to the entire universe and you can get off what you want to say and deliver to them. Um, well, and it's something that I tell my kid, you know, I tell my, you know, my, my kiddo and then the one who's actually in the belly, you know, you're <laughs> wired, you're wired for extraordinary. Yeah. You're wired for extraordinary. And in whatever way that you feel like you have to lower that bar, know that that's not your true essence. That's Mm -hmm. a result of something else or some other thought, but you are wired for extraordinary. It's your, it's your fucking birthright. It is. Period. I love it. Beautiful. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to end it there. Now, again, if you want, if you're in Austin, I strong now, Jeannie, I'm not going to put you on the spot. Okay. But (laughs) I am. (laughs) We want we want that guided course version of the 12 steps, right? That's definitely something we're going to see out of you someday, I'm sure. Yes. So, you know, one of the things that um, being in terms of, again, we're talking about efficiency here. Yeah. So, you know, potentially there may be something kind of in the works to where, um, you know, either that particular guided course and some sort of like, you know, uh, community immersive moment that can happen at least like once a month through that or something like that um, is, is what's stirring now. 